voluntary lockdown. As of 7 o'clock last night, they're being asked to remain in their rooms as much as possible. The uni's principal professor says society's acted too slowly when it comes to coronavirus in the past, and this is a precautionary measure as infection rates increase across Scotland. Sally Mapstone says it's in response to this from the First Minister yesterday. I think universities are rightly taking the risks of transmission amongst their student populations very seriously. And I think students have to be very clear about the do's and don'ts, not because we're trying to blame young people or curtail anybody's you know, social life. Shop workers in Scotland could be about to get more protection. New laws have been proposed, making it a specific offence to assault, abuse or threaten staff, with tougher punishments if age-restricted products are involved. The Scottish Government says it'll back the legislation being put forward by Labour MSP Daniel Johnson. It's individual retail workers who are personally liable for upholding the law when it comes to uh, age-restricted items. They can receive a fine or indeed a, a prison sentence. Where people are asked to uphold the law, they should have the specific protection of the law. The leaders of Scotland, together with Wales and Northern Ireland, have all written to Boris Johnson, demanding urgent intervention for the aerospace sector. Nicola Sturgeon's co-signed the letter calling for the Prime Minister to set up a specialist task force to help the industry. Asda's planning to open a new chain of convenience stores. The British wing of US giant Walmart is partnering with petrol forecourt operator EG Group in a trial run. Asda has more than 60 stores across Scotland. And football action this afternoon sees St Mirren travel to Dundee United. Buddy's boss Jim Goodwin says United manager Mickey Mellon's building a promising-looking side. I came across Mickey many years ago when I was down in England. Really good guy, good appetite for the game. He settled into the Scottish Premier League really well. That's the latest from Radio News Hub. I'm Dave Rhodes. If you were persuaded to change your pension into a self-invested personal pension or SIP, then you may have been given bad advice and could be thousands of pounds worse off in retirement. At APJ Solicitors, our fast free initial assessment will let you know if you've been affected. And if you have, we'll get you the compensation you deserve. No win, no fee. Subject to terms and conditions. Text EASY to 60777. Authorised and regulated by the Solicitors Regulation Authority. Text EASY to 60777 now. APJ. Welcome to the program this time. I'm getting together with an American rock band from California. They've sold more than 40 million albums worldwide throughout their career and they've been active for five decades with their biggest success occurring in the 1970s. On their second album, To Lose Streets, this song was the Doobie Brothers' first big hit in 1972. It remains a concert staple and is one of their biggest hits. It usually played as the last song at the Doobie Brothers concerts. Writer Tom Johnson describes the motivation for the song as a call for world peace.
During their early years, the Doobie Brothers improved their playing by performing live all over Northern California in 1970. They attracted a particularly strong following amongst local groups of Hell's Angels and got a reoccurring gig at one of the bikers' favourite venues in Santa Cruz Mountains. Eventually, they secured a recording contract at Warner Brothers Records in 1971. Long Train Running was included on the band's 1973 album, The Captain and Me. In 1993, their version was incidentally remixed and charted again in several countries, including reaching number seven in the UK singles charts. The song evolved from an untitled and mostly ad-libbed jam that the Dubies developed on stage many years before it was finally recorded. Tom Johnson said he didn't really want to record it as he considered it a bar song without uh, a lot of merits. Teddy Templeton, on the other hand, thought it had something and convinced Tom to write words for the song. Here they are. Down around the corner, a half a mile from here You see them old trains run and you watch them disappear Without love History can be roughly divided into three eras. Uh, from 69 to 75, they featured lead vocalist Tom Johnson, 
and a mainstream rock and roll sound. Tom Johnson quit the group in 1975 and was replaced by Michael McDonald, whose interest in soul music changed the sound of the band until they broke up in 1982. The Doobie Brothers reformed in 87 with Tom Johnson back in the fold and are active to the present day with occasional contributions with Michael McDonald. On the Doobie Brothers 1973 album, The Captain and Me, China Grove, written and sung by Tom Johnson, reached number 15 on the Billboard Hot 100. The song is based on a real town in Texas, uh, although Tom Johnson claims that he thought at the time he'd created a fictional town called China Grove near San Antonio, Texas. He later learned that it actually didn't exist. He explained that the bands uh, had been on tour passing through China Grove and he presumed that he must have seen a road sign with the name but had forgotten about it until then. In the midst of recording sessions for the 1974 album, uh, what were once vices are now habits and rehearsals for a 1973 tour. Michael Hossack uh, abruptly departed the band, citing burnout from constant touring. Drummer, songwriter and vocalist Keith Knudsen was recruited promptly and left with the Doobies in a major tour a few weeks later. Blackwater, with Patrick Simmons on lead vocals, became the first of two Doobie Brothers' number one hits in the spring of 75. Blackwater is uh, distinguished by its a cappella section. Producer Ted Templeton said he stole the idea from his stint as lead singer of the sunshine pop act Harper's Bazaar, whose 1967 hit rendition of the 
59th Bridge Street song, Feeling Groovy, had featured a harmonic a cappella section. Western themed stampede had been completed for release in 75. 
It features yet another hit single, Tom Johnson's cover of the Holland Dozier written Motown hit, Take Me In Your Arms. Tom Johnson later recalled that he had been a fan of that song since it came out of somewhere in the, the 1960s. Uh, and then around about 72, he started lobbying to get the band to do a cover. He didn't get it anywhere until 75, Doobie members. Jeff Baxter said of the recording, that song was like a dream come true for us. Every musician has at some point wanted to achieve Motown's technically slick soul sound. It's so dynamic. We sat down to try and duplicate it and see if our version could emerge as a successful single. Patrick Simmons said, uh, first the band sounded like the Grateful Dead doing the Four Tops, but gradually it came together. together with Norman Ross. Whoa. 
By the start of the spring 1975 promotional tour for Stampede, Tom Johnson's condition was so precarious they required emergency hospitalisation for a bleeding ulcer. With the tour underway, Jeff Baxter proposed recruiting a fellow Steely Dan member to fill the hole. That was singer-songwriter Michael McDonald. Under contract to release another album in 1976, the Doobies were at a crossroad. The primary songwriter and singer remained unavailable, so they turned to Michael McDonald to supplement that of Patrick Simmons. The resulting LP, taking it to the streets, saw a radical change in their sound. Their electric guitar-based rock and roll gave way to a more soft rock and blue-eyed soul sound. The first single written and sung by Michael McDonald was taking it to the streets. You don't know me, but I'm your brother. I was raised here in this living hell. You don't know my kind in your world. Fairly soon, the time will tell. You. 
With the success of their album Taking It To The Streets, Michael McDonald's voice became the band's new signature sound. Uh, it also uh, featured It Keeps You Running, written by him, which was the third single from the sixth studio album Taking It To The Streets. The song was featured in the 1994 Oscar-winning film Forrest Gump and was also included in the film's multi-platinum selling soundtrack album. Also, it was featured in the soundtrack of the 1978 film FM.
the Doobie Brothers' new sound was further refined and uh, Michael McDonald's dominant role cemented with the 1977 album Living in the Fault Line. It featured a cover of the Motown classic Little Darling, I Need You, recorded and released by Marvin Gaye and the Tamla label. The combined or the combination of Michael McDonald's approach to harmony, the funkier beats and the R&B vocal flavour, along with Jeff Baxter's guitar, pushed the band away from the biker boogie style that had made them popular originally. a decade on the road with seven albums under their belts, the Doobie Brothers' career unexpectedly soared with the success of the next album, Minute by Minute, in 1978. It spent five weeks at the top of the music charts and dominated several radio formats for the better part of two years. Michael McDonald's song, What a Fool Believes, written with Kenny Loggins, was the band's second number one single and earned the songwriting duo a Grammy Award for Record of the Year. Also, the album won uh, a Grammy Award for Pop Vocal Performance by a group and was nominated for Album of the Year too. 
The song lyrics tell the story of a man who's reunited with an old love and attempts to rekindle a romantic relationship with her before discovering that one never really existed. of the next song, Minute by Minute, was bittersweet, however, because it coincided with the near dissolution of the band. The pressures of touring while recording and releasing an album each year had worn the members down. Jeff Baxter and Michael McDonald had uh, been in the midst of a creative conflict for some time. The single was released in April 1979 and reached 14 in uh, the charts, nominated for the Grammy Award of uh, Song of the Year, but lost out to their own previous song, What a Fool Believes. 
listening to Let's Get Together with Norman Ross. In 1980, the Doobie Brothers released their ninth studio album, One Step Closer, which featured the top hit Real Love, not to be confused with the John Lennon composition. However, it didn't dominate the charts and radio, as Minute by Minute had two years earlier, largely due to an oversaturation of the McDonald's sound by many artists who had copied his sound. Not to mention Michael McDonald's numerous guest vocal appearances on hits by other artists at the time. The album itself was also noticeably weaker musically than the previous three, with the band itself sounding tired and seemingly devolving into little more than Michael McDonald's backup band. The album was the last with him in the lineup.
end of 1981, even Patrick Simmons had resigned from the band and they were now faced with the prospect of calling themselves the Doobie Brothers with no remaining original members. A sound that was light years away from the original version and a leader in Michael McDonald who was ready for a solo career. So the group elected to disband. You Belong to Me, written by Carly Simon and uh, Michael McDonald, was recorded for the seventh studio album, Living in the Fault Line, in 1977. The song, of course, was made famous by Carly Simon herself when she recorded it for her seventh studio album, Boys in the Trees, in 1978. And a live version of the song from the Doobie Brothers' 1983 album, Farewell Tour, charted on the pop singles chart. Why'd you tell me this? Why'd you for my reaction What do you need to know Don't you know I'll always be the one You don't have to of the Doobie Brothers was not intentional in a personal quest for a worthy cause and after recovering from his drug addiction Keith Knudsen was uh, active in the Vietnam Veterans Aid Foundation in early 1987 he persuaded 11 of the Doobie Brothers to join him for a benefit concert answering the call were Tom Johnson, Pat Simmons Jeff Baxter, John McPhee, John Hartman and Michael Hossack, uh, Chuck McCracken Michael McDonald, Cornelius Bumpus, uh, Bobby Lacaind, and uh, Tieran Porter. There was no surplus bass players, as Willie Weeks had other commitments at the time. They soon discovered that tickets were in great demand, so 
Uh, one concert that quickly evolved into a 12-city tour, which began in May 87 in San Diego in California. The third concert held in the Hollywood Bowl was reportedly the fastest sellout at the venue since the Beatles had played there in 1960. In 1989, the last hit single that the band released was from their album Cycles. Guitarist and founder member Tom Johnson sang the lead vocal. And he just returned after years of being out of the band. The Doobie Brothers reunited with Michael McDonald for a brief co-headlining tour with the Steve Miller Band. The Dreams Come True tour featured all three primary songwriters and singers and reflected on all phases of the band's career. Here's a song from their 1991 album Brotherhood with Patrick Simmons singing the lead vocals. The song deals with riding down the road where danger is surrounding the protagonist at every turn. But the song tells that it's because of these dangers that the man continues to ride and loves every minute of it. Writer Patrick Simmons included the lyric that the man in the song is riding a Harley Davidson motorcycle. He was, of course, very fond of that brand of bikes himself.
Well, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the music of the Juby Brothers and that you'll join me, Norman Ross, next time. The Juby Brothers continue to tour regularly and remain popular amongst their audiences worldwide and have maintained a continuous and active presence on the internet through their official website since 1996. In addition, they maintain an active presence on their Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages. Rockin' Down the Highway, a wildlife concert, uh, was the second double live album that they released in 1966. The concerts were performed to benefit the Wildlife Conservation Society, hence the title's name. Andrews University are being urged to stay